Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land's recruiting-centric podcast, The Dotted Line. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we talk to Ohio State and national recruiting experts, LGHL's own recruiting analysts, and even recruits themselves. Normally on this show, we are talking football recruiting, but today we are thick into college football season, but we are on the eve of potentially another pretty big announcement for the Ohio State men's basketball team. So we brought in one of our own bucket heads, Justin Golba. Justin, thank you for joining us here on the dotted line. Yeah, I'm always excited to stop watching the NFL as a Browns fan. So this is perfect. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, an interesting day. We're in the middle. The, the the Falcons look like they're trying to make a comeback, but it might have fallen short, it looks like here. But uh, anyway, we are talking because on Tuesday, we're going to get a commitment from the number 31 player in the country in the 2023 recruiting class, Tayson Chapman. He is a combo guard out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, and right now, all of the crystal balls are leaning towards Ohio State with some fairly high confidence. Um, we have folks from 24-7's national recruiting analysts to even some local guys who are all in on Ohio State. And all three of the crystal balls that are currently in are from late last week. So it sounds like they're getting some information all at the same time that he is headed to Columbus. In fact, the Columbus Dispatch's Adam Jardy has also kind of telegraphed that he has heard good things about this as well. So barring any unforeseen changes, Justin, Ohio State will be adding a guard back into the lineup after George Washington III decommitted. You and Connor talked about it on the Buckethead podcast last week. Um, so, But kind of looking at the numbers, uh, Chapman is higher rated than Washington is. Uh, Washington has kind of been sliding down the rankings a little bit. And the word when he decommitted was that he wanted to play a little bit more point guard than Ohio State likely would have wanted him to. So it looks like if we're just looking at these two changes to the Buckeyes 2023 recruiting class, it looks like Chris Holman and the Buckeyes kind of came out on top. Yeah, 100%. I think most people would agree with that. Um, it, it's tough to see George Washington go because he, he was the first one in this 2023 class. And when he committed, he was – it's funny. When he committed, his rankings were very similar to Taysen Chapman. Now, as you said, he's kind of fallen down a little bit. He struggled a little bit um, in the EYBL circuit. And I think, as you, as you mentioned earlier, he is a guy that he wants to play more point guard. He wants to have the ball in his hands. That's not really the role they first saw with him because Bruce Thornton, this is his team uh, until the, fr- mm-hmm. the incoming freshman, until he kind of goes. And I don't – nobody really foresees him as a – one and done obviously that can change people didn't think Malachi Branham was a one and done and then he played kind of because of where the chips fell and ultimately because Dwayne Washington Jr. went to the league that opened up Malachi Branham to have a bigger role and then be a one and done Um, but I do think Bruce Thornton will be there for two or three years and he's probably going to be the starting point guard that entire time so if you're George Washington you're looking at that you don't probably see a scenario where you're the starting point guard at best until 2025 at that rate so he just decommitted. It's, it's probably best if he wants to be a point guard because that role just isn't there. Uh, Taysen Chapman is a little different. He's more of a combo guard. He's 6'4", probably pushing 6'5". Uh, he's about 190. He's an incredible finisher in the lane. I think he would compare. I think he would match up with Bruce Thornton really, really well because they're both guys who can finish in the lane. They're both guys that can set each other up, and they, they seem like they would really pair with each other well. And I think... Um, he as as George Washington's kind of slid down the rankings a little bit. Taysen Chapman's kind of shot up, mm-hmm. and you look at the the five he's choosing from. I mean, you got Minnesota, which is where he's from. He's a Minnesota kid. He's the number one recruit in the state of Minnesota. Uh, and then you have Kansas, Xavier, and Virginia. Obviously, Virginia they can recruit guards better than anybody. 
you have Kansas that speaks for itself. Yeah. And then Xavier, who Xavier has three commits in this class, and they're all four stars, including Dalen Swain, who uh, Ohio State fans would be familiar with. So they're going up against, obviously, when you look at that top five, you can see a kid that people are very high on. And I think that's always fun to watch. And it seems like Ohio State, I, I wouldn't say that the George Washington third decommitment necessarily was because of this. I, I think it's definitely more of the role and just kind of them not seeing eye to eye on the future for him. Uh, but it's definitely a nice thing to pivot to when you do have a decommitment. Do you think perhaps that Washington's decommitment didn't necessarily come because he knew this commitment was coming? But if Washington hadn't decommitted, do you think that Ohio State still would have been able to take this commitment? They would have. This would have been the fifth one, and I think they probably could have taken him, especially because they um, lost lost the roster spot of Seth Towns, even though it's not the same position. So they probably could have taken him numbers wise, but just from a you know, having enough enough guards in the class, do you think that if Washington was still a part of the 2023 class that Chris Holtman would have been willing to take on Chapman just out of his talent, even if it was a crowded class at that point? Yeah, I do. I think with the with the day and age that college basketball is in and college football is in the same spot with the transfer portal, you really can't foresee what your roster is going to look like even a year. In, I mean, you, t- you talk about Ohio State's roster this time yeah. last year. And you look at this year, it's you'd show it to a, a brand new faces. Um, so it's it's. I think at this point, you kind of just take what you can get, and then you just let it. Work. I mean, you know, I think the scenario of Bruce Thornton does come in and he does play super well and he balls out and he starts a point guard for thirty games and then he does jump to the, the NBA. Now you'd have a situation where you have George Washington the third and you'd have Taysen Chapman probably playing different positions. So um, I think you just kind of you can't. You kind of have to do that thing where you you can't foresee any outcome, but you have to try to foresee all of them. Yeah, and um, that's where I would say you would definitely. I would. I think we might get into this a little bit later. I think it would effectively rule out Bronny James, but mm-hmm. I do think they would still take Chapman for sure. Yeah, I mean Chapman coming in, he would be the fourth player again in this class. He would also be the highest rated player in a class that is already in the top 10, even after the decommitment of George Washington, the third, like I said, he's the number 31 player in the class. He would be joining number 39 overall small forward, Scotty Middleton, um, who you guys had on the Bucketheads podcast a couple weeks ago, number 50 power forward, Devin Royal and number 168 center, Austin parks Um, with this commitment of Taysen Chapman. If that does in fact happen, that would move the Buckeyes into the number five class in the country behind only Duke, Michigan state, Connecticut, and Kentucky, which if you're in contention with those teams, uh, obviously you're doing something right. And uh, for all the folks that have negative things to say about Chris Holtman, which I understand the postseason failures are are a concern, he's certainly been recruiting especially well in the last few years. Uh, so it, it, he is certainly setting up the opportunity for this team to be really good in the next few seasons with some highly talented guys. Um, how does Chapman fit in with those other young guys, though, whether it's in his class or in the 2022 class, which was also a top five class. Um, how does he fit in with them? What type of, of offense or even defense do you think this leans into what Holtman will look to play with these guys? Will it be significantly different than what we've seen in recent years with some of the older guys? Uh, what does the future look like with the 2022 and 2023 classes coming in? Yeah, I think the future for Ohio State is definitely defense. If you look at the five guys they brought in this year, they're all defensive-minded guys. Uh, they can all score, too, obviously. I mean, Roddy Gale averaged 28 a game when he was a, a sophomore in New York. So, you know, these guys obviously can score, too. But 
we we talked about it with Scotty on Bucketheads. He was saying that to something that he really liked to show coaches and something that Chris Holtman really emphasized with him was the fact he plays both sides of the ball very well and he can guard multiple multiple positions. And that's how Taysen is too. He's, you know, he averaged, I think, 14 points per game last year in, in high school, which isn't like that's not going to shoot off the stats, stats at you. Now, obviously, yeah. when you play the elite high school like he does, you know, the, the stats aren't going to be as inflated as they should be, but or as they could be. But um, he he plays both ends of the ball. He can probably guard the one through the three. Like I said, he is six four, pushing six five, and he's a twenty twenty three recruit. Maybe six six by the time he gets there. Who knows? I don't really know how people grow, but um, <laughs> you know. But he he's a, he's a bigger kid, and he's a kid that can really. I think a, a decent example might be kind of like a uh, for lack of a not as good of a score, but maybe like a William Buford kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Just l- kind of longer, a little bit lankier. Uh, I think Buford's a little, little, little taller than that, but that's kind of how I've seen him play and uh, just from looking at highlights and stuff. So I'm excited to, uh, to see kind of – because a lot of the Ohio State teams over under Chris Holtman, especially the past four years, have been elite offensively because they yeah. have certain guys like Dwayne Washington, EJ Liddell, guys that can just go get buckets when they need to, Kade Bates-Diop to start. Um, and, but they've really struggled on the defensive end. And when you look at teams that succeed in the postseason, they're defensive teams. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it. Was, I saw a stat. We talked about it last year, but it was like no team has ever made the Final Four of the past five years that wasn't a top twenty defensive team or some, something to that effect. So you have to have a good defensive team, and I think Chris Holtman and, and those guys, his staff, especially Jake Diebler, who is the main recruiter, they definitely recognize that, and that's what they're leaning towards. Devin Royal is another guy who can he can match up with four positions on the court. Um, as I said, Scotty Middleton, Roddy Gale is very. He can probably guard two through the four. I'm not sure he can guard the one, but, you know, and then you have Austin Parks, who was just, you know, a, a big guy, 6'11". And I think from talking to some recruiting experts, we had Davis Mosley on, who's mm-hmm. a rivals recruiting expert. He was a little bit actually higher on Austin Parks than a lot of other people were. So I think you're, you might start to see him rise a little bit in the rankings. I don't know if he'll get, you know, to the top 80 or whatever, but um, to see Ohio State, like like you said, in the top five with those schools, first of all, shout out to UConn. Um, yeah, I, I knew back. they I knew they were having a good recruiting, but I didn't know they were that high. Um, and then Michigan State, it you know they've had a they're great. It's you know it kind of speaks for itself along with Duke and Kentucky. So um, I def, but I definitely think when you look at these, I guess you'd say nine recruits from 2022 and 2023. Um, something they all have in common is they're just they can play both ends of the ball. Um, and I think even you guys on the current team like Eugene Brown, even though he's had his struggles on offense, and some people would say he struggled on defense last year. I don't think that was as big as it was made out to be but um a guy who can def- he can play both ends of the ball and that's that's huge for this team so you mentioned the fact that if george washington the third was still a part of this class you think that chapman still would have been a take for chris holtman um but you think that because Tayson looks like he'll be committing to ohio state that probably rules out the possibility of Bronny james joining the class we'll get to the Bronny of it all here in a second but if it's not Bronny. Is there another guy that could end up being a part of this class or is it we'll sit with these four, potentially a top five, but at least a top 10 class um, and kind of go with it? Like I said, they did have kind of a surprise spot open up with um, the effective athletic retirement of Seth Towns. Is there somebody else to keep a lookout for? Um, that they could add, what else might they need in this class? To you know, like you said, it's hard to foresee what happens in a basketball roster, especially you know, comparing it to football, where you generally know what guys are going to be NFL ready 
you know, three, and you know you're going to get them for three seasons. In basketball, it's a little harder, and it seems to be a little bit more fluctuation with transfers and stuff. But do you think they add somebody else to this class? And if they do, what type of guy do you think that they're going to go out and look for? Uh, I would say outside those two, no. Uh, just most of the guys they were going after in this class, even like the Ohio guys that maybe fell a little bit, but were still Ohio State targets like a Rayvon Griffith, like a Laurent Rice. They've all committed. Uh, Griffith's heading to Cincinnati, Rice to Murray State. Um, you know, Gabe Cups has been committed for a while to Indiana. I don't think he's in any risk of of flipping. So, you know, uh, there's like an El Marco Jackson out there who's a top guy that I know they have an offer out to. He hasn't decided, but I haven't heard anything from him. So I would say it's either these two guys or one of them, or, you know, it's Chris Holman has done a very good job of, and this has been a a trending topic in college basketball of still keeping his recruiting high and still getting young recruits to come in, but also obviously utilizing the transfer portal. That's Mm -hmm. always an option. If you have one or two spots open, Um, you know, I remember Michigan state fans were kind of freaking out because at one point they thought they're going into this season with like 10 scholarship guys and because his was kind of dragging his feet a little bit, you know, there's always going to be guys in the transfer portal to go get, this year, I think the final number was 1,900 guys entered it. And like, I think only 10 D1 schools had a guy not enter it. So, you know, it, it's it's only going to get bigger from here until they figure out a way to kind of limit it a little bit. And um, that's not on the that's not on the horizon. So th- no. there's always going to be great guys to go get in the transfer portal. And I think that's the best way to do it. You look at some teams, they've kind of completely scrapped recruiting. They just go, they just refill on the transfer portal every year. It's so like an Iowa State kind of deal. And then you look at some teams, they don't really utilize it as much. They stick to recruiting. They stick to bringing in their top guys um, at the young 18 and high school year olds. So, you know, I think I like the mix of using both. I like the mix of bringing in, you know, if you could bring in a top five recruiting class, definitely do that. And then also if you have one, two, three spots to fill, you go in the transfer portal. And that's more of like a kind of pick and choose what you exactly need for this team. You know, they knew they needed a shooter. So they went and got Sean McNeil. They knew they needed kind of an all-around player, so they went and got Tanner Holden. They knew they needed kind of a defensive stalwart, so they went and got Isaac Lakile. So or likely, I always say Lakile. Um, yeah, there's so, two Ks in there. That's a that's a weird one. Yeah, it, it gets me every time, but it is likely. So, um, so I, I think that's the best way to do it. I don't foresee anybody else uh, signing or coming out of the kind of the horizon. The funny, Taysen Chapman did kind of come out of nowhere, so yeah. it's always possible. Um, and kind of to your point of, you know, I definitely don't think George Washington III's decommitment affected Ohio State's point of view on Chapman. It might have affected Chapman's point of view on Ohio State um, because, because he, you know, his commitment coming two weeks later probably might not be a coincidence. Um, so that that's one thing I obviously can't speak on, but I wouldn't be surprised if seeing Washington leave maybe opened up that door for Chapman a little bit more in his head. Chapman was one of the guys who came to Columbus for a visit as part of the Ohio State Notre Dame football game as the season opener. He was not the only basketball recruit there. The aforementioned Bronny James was also there. He was in a little bit of a different situation. He came on an unofficial visit because if Ohio State wanted to uh, publicize the fact that his father was there with him, it couldn't be uh, an official visit, all of these weird, ridiculous NCAA regulations. But I think for a lot of folks, the excitement of potentially having LeBron James' son on Ohio State's team is is big. I mean, LeBron James is a favorite son of the state of Ohio. You and I are both 
LeBron James diehard fanboys and uh, would love for him to be even more ingratiated with with the program. But if you just take him out of that that scenario, it doesn't seem like Bronny James is a fit for this team, especially with the recruiting that they've had in the last couple of years. He is kind of no pun intended, boxed out in terms of playing time for his first year or two uh, because of some guys that are more highly rated uh, in the recruiting classes and guys that are already on campus. Uh, And I don't anticipate him being a four-year college guy. So, um, and I also feel like he's, if he doesn't end up at Oregon, I'll be shocked. I know you think he'll go to USC, but um, is that just what it comes down to? Is it like, is it the connections to the West Coast or the connections to Nike or is it the, uh, doesn't really fit and get as much playing time as he would like in Columbus. Why are you out on Bronny James becoming a Buckeye officially? I think for me, it's it, well. First, I think the first reason is it's kind of similar to George Washington the third in terms of he is he's listed as a combo guard. I do think he's more of a point guard than a combo guard. So you'd have the same issue with Bruce Thornton, right. um, who who is again very 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 good, uh, and so is Bronny. I think Bronny gets kind of a bad rap because people assumed he'd be the number one recruit in the country and he'd be this you know, shining star. And he's still a very, very good player. I think he's listed as 40th right now, which is uh, still obviously very good. So yeah, when you think of you all know, the people that play high school basketball in this country, oh, yeah, it's crazy. to be, yeah. to be a top, I mean, even to be a three-star guy at number 150, that's still freaking incredible. So like, I, I, I'm with you, even with like, you know, Austin Parks, who's like 168 in the 2023 class. He's 168 in the country. That's incredible. Yeah. So that's a whole other topic. But yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. People saw the LeBron James Jr. name and expected him to be the second coming of his dad. And he's not, but he's still really flipping good. Oh, 100%. And I, it was, it's always funny because I think the, a big thing I've seen is like, oh, you don't want that distraction there. It's like, no, you, you would welcome that distraction. Yeah. Or like, first of all, it would bring in recruits. Second of all, LeBron James is still playing basketball. He's not like he's going to be at every single game. He's yeah. got his own. He plays for the Lakers, yeah. so that's not really like a. He's not going to. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not a Levar Ball. You know, he's he's not. He's got <laughs> other things. He's got other things going on. You know. Yeah, and we know so he I, plans. He doesn't plan on retiring anytime while Bronny is in college because he wants to play with yeah, him in the league. Exactly, and it's looking like Bryce is even going to be maybe even a better player. So if you bring in Bronny, you've got to figure that probably opens up the door for Bryce in twenty twenty five i believe so you know it's all those things it's it's when you look at it from a strictly basketball standpoint the fit might not be there when you look at it from a university standpoint it kind of makes a lot of sense but i think he ends up on the west coast just because dad's on the west coast you know oregon makes a lot of sense usc makes a lot of sense to me memphis did just offer him um that just makes a lot of sense with the penny hardaway ties Mm -hmm. i don't really know how close lebron and penny are but i'm assuming they're friends so and Memphis just recruits at an unbelievably high level. So I, all those things in, I do think that if Chapman does say Ohio state on Tuesday, it just that with that makes four guys and it, it does get a little dicey with now you'd have guards of Bruce Thornton as a freshman, Roddy Gale as a freshman, Bowen Hardman still there as a freshman. Now you'd have coming in, you'd have Tayson Chapman as a, as a senior in high school, you'd have Bronny. So you have a lot of guards that, you know, would kind of be Eugene Brown is not going anywhere. Probably he's only a junior. So he'll be unless a senior. he transfers. Yeah. Unless he transfers. And I think, you know, if you want to look forward, if there's somebody that might transfer, it might be him, but I don't want yeah. to start, you no, know, no, predicting no. that, but um, you know, it's, it's tough. I, you know, if you told me Michi Johnson was going to transfer, I probably wouldn't have believed you. So these things kind of come out of nowhere. And that's where I do think if 
I don't think Bronny James is close to deciding. It just doesn't seem like no. normally there's writing on the wall when somebody's close. He hasn't really taken that many visits. Um, I don't think he's going to make his if he doesn't do it now, I don't think he does it mid season. So now you're pushing into like kind of the February, March kind of role, which he could do. I don't know. It's it's interesting because a lot of guys I covered high school sports and I've covered guys that commit. They like to commit before their senior season for obvious reasons. It just yeah. takes that pressure off. Now they can just play free. Uh, but it doesn't seem like he's really going to do that unless he comes out of nowhere and commits. It's just crazy because obviously the spectacle that surrounds Bronny and LeBron James, I've heard nothing about this recruitment and nobody really has. Even Adam Jardy's like, I don't know. So it's kind of interesting to see. Obviously, Ohio State is going is the fact that that was official, like official, unofficial visit. Yeah. Um, it, it does mean obviously Ohio State is in the running and Bronny did post, you know, all the friend of the friend of the Bucketheads podcast, Joe Gemma took some pictures of him and, and they <laughs> in the broke jersey the internet. and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely broke the internet. So, you know, that is, it's all real. You know, the recruitment has officially become real, but I, I don't know that he would, rec- he would commit anytime soon. And at that point, I think if you're Ohio State, you kind of just go with, okay, we got our four. This is a top five recruiting class in the country mixed with a top five recruiting class in the country in 2022 they've already started looking at 2024 it kind of just becomes a if he commits to us great if he doesn't okay you know it's kind of like a a little bit of a cherry on top of the sunday kind of deal yeah i mean and i think he's obviously a take if he calls chris holtman and says i want to be a buckeye you're like okay i will Yeah. yeah whatever you want you're done but i also feel like because of the relationship between ohio state and lebron james and also like LeBron James is one of the smartest basketball minds in the history of the planet. So like he gets it, like he's going to understand where Bronny is in terms of like the pecking order of a class. That's why, you know, some people have said, well, if he comes to Columbus, that means he's been guaranteed to play. And I don't, I, I can't, you guys have interviewed Chris Holtman. I've, you know, interviewed him at press conferences. Like he doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to promise anything to anybody, including LeBron James. LeBron is obviously a major part of that program with all of the, you know, the, the merch and all of that stuff. He's got a locker and all that stuff. So like, He's he's a part of that program, but I don't think that he they would ever guarantee him anything. So if he ends up if Bronny ends up coming to Columbus, like I feel like they just they know instinctively that he's going to have to battle, and he might not be an immediate starter. He might not get more than ten minutes a game, if that. So I mean, I I just think like that's probably a tough sell for a guy that only wants to be in the in the in the college basketball for a year or two at most, but. It, it would certainly be cool as hell to have him on the team. Like I would love that as a, as a LeBron fan. So, I mean, hell, I remember I'm significantly older than you are. Like I remember watching him in high school in value city arena play against, um, drew lavender. And I, like, I remember that game vividly at, you know, we know where their, those careers have gone. Drew lavender ran circles around him though. They were obviously, he was a, like a five, eight, super fast guard that LeBron was trying to guard. But like, it's, you know, it would just be cool to have LeBron James kid on the Buckeyes, even if that's not super likely at this point. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you hit the nail on the head with the whole, like if, if he does say I'm, I want to come to Ohio state, they're not gonna be like, well, we got four guys. They're going to bring him on. It's just, that's how that works. And it's, it's it's a similar to question of if George Washington was still there with Tayson Chapman, you'd only have, you know, it's not like this would be the sixth guy. If, if this would be the sixth, I think, okay maybe you start having that discussion but five guys in just one roster spot over this stuff always just works itself out kind of really does especially in basketball 
Yeah, it's it's always like I'm it's always in October with the college football playoff for like, well, there's eight undefeated teams. What if they don't all? It it just all works itself out in the most part. So it it the roster spots will work itself out. But um, I just with Bronny, it's just I actually you know I know Connor, my other host on Bucketheads, is really high on like he's going to be a one or two guy or one or two year player, and I probably believe that too. The one thing I'll say is I don't know that his production would be a huge deal. Like if he does only play 15 minutes and then dip as a freshman, I still think he would definitely get picked up and drafted. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. So I don't know that it's going to play as huge of a role. And, That's fair. you know, it, it's, it's, it's interesting because I think when you look at kind of his progression to Sierra Canyon, he didn't play that much as a freshman. So, you know, LeBron wasn't in the ear of anybody there saying like, Oh, he's got to get on the floor. He kind of let that marinate. And, and that's a little different because high school has to be four years. So, you know, he's going to get his shot at some point uh, in college. Obviously you can go after one or two. So, It'll be interesting to see. I like. I, I'm just with you. Uh, USC and Oregon just make more sense because he would probably play right away. Um, USC is Boogie Ellis right now, but for the most part, you know these aren't these teams are recruiting. They're not bringing in top five recruiting classes. They're still recruiting at a high level, but not yeah. as high as Ohio State. There's no Bruce Thornton coming in. There's no, you know, these guys that are going to be immediate starters. So I just think Bronny James would probably fit there better. But at the end of the day, it's just it, it's weird because. There's going to we're going to hit a time where kind of uh, too much news comes out, if that makes sense about Bronny. And most of it will probably be false just because everybody's going to want to kind of be first with him and see. But right now it's just very quiet. I mean, the only thing we've really heard at this point was somebody reporting. And I don't remember who it was. I think it was a 24 seven guy who is normally very plugged in. So, like, I kind of believe this. And this is kind of where I'm getting a lot of my Oregon smoke is he said it was pretty much a done deal to Oregon. LeBron came out and said, we haven't even taken a visit. This isn't true. I mean, look, you don't. Phil Knight is in Oregon. You don't need to take a visit to understand what the connections are between LeBron James and Phil Knight. Like, that, that just is what it is. But I will say. Uh, Bronny James's AAU teammate, Luke Montgomery, is a commit to the Ohio State football team. Uh, so, I mean, it's not like he'd be there without somebody that he knows on campus. In fact, I did hear a story, and I don't remember. I, I feel like it might have been the uh, uh, the podcast Daily from Rivals talking about how like Luke Mitchell got a couple of the uh, football recruits, the bigger football recruits, pictures with LeBron at the Notre Dame game in exchange for them promising to commit to Ohio State. So you already see LeBron is uh, a big recruiting pool in a lot of ways. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But, you know, look, as a mama's boy myself, it's less to me about being on the West Coast because dad's playing in L.A., but his mom's there. You know, like if you're going to, you know, I know people go away all the time for college, but like you got family there. You, you know, it just kind of makes sense to stay home in this situation. So we'll see what happens. But uh, it's a fun story, if even if it ends up being nothing. Yeah, hundred percent. I yeah, it's just it's it's tricky because, like you said, it's his playing time would probably be lesser at Ohio State, which is nice to be honest, because it means Ohio State's bringing in some some dudes. Yeah. Um, and the dudes they're bringing in are really good: Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale. You know, hopefully, Jason Chapman. So. We'll see. Um, like I said, I'd welcome him with open arms. I, he's a much better player than I think a lot of people on Facebook give him credit for. Uh, but, you know, he's he's I, I do think that a lot of people maybe oversell kind of what the distraction would be. I don't think it'd be that I, it would sell tickets for sure. People want to see him. But I don't think it'd be this this circus of, of everything. Uh, my favorite I, we talked about on Bucketheads, my favorite. I had to comment to this dude. 
on Twitter, my favorite thing I've ever seen was um, he didn't want Bronny James coming to a football game because it would take away from the football game. I was like, <laughs> it's, there's a hundred, there's 110,000 people there. Like this is already going to be a absolute circus. Like that doesn't, the people on the sideline don't add to the circus. It's, no. it's just a circus. Yeah, like JT away. Barrett. Yeah. JT Barrett against Michigan got hurt because there were too many people on the sidelines. Like yeah. these are all, these are always circuses. That's not, that's not. And also like basketball recruits visit football games. That's not an uncommon thing. That's yes, actually it happens all the common. time. Yeah. The, yeah Chris Holtman <laughs> and his staff use the football games. Yes. Specifically to get guys. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So that, so. Was, that was my favorite. I try not to comment on stuff like that, but that one killed me. I was like, you, that's just a, Complete You're lack done. of understanding of it, but yeah. So yeah. we'll see. Um, I don't like I said though. I just don't think we'll hear really anytime soon. So it might just turn into, you know, once the once the season starts for Ohio State, they really obviously focus on the season, but also kind of the next year of recruiting the 2024. You know, they've already have offers out to 2024 guys and um, you know visits set up. So I think at that point it just becomes a we've got our guys, we've got our four, barring Chapman. Uh, now Chapman somehow pulls a U-turn and he goes to Kansas or Minnesota or Xavier or Virginia, then we might see a little bit more of, of yeah. I guess, hustle on the side of Ohio State maybe. Uh, and maybe not. Maybe they're cool with the three they got. The three they got is still – to have only three recruits in a class and it's still top ten is incredibly impressive. So yeah. they're kind of they're just in kind of a win-win-win situation, honestly. Yeah. Now, real quick, I'll get you out of here on this question because I, I heard you talking about it a little bit on Bucketheads last week. The The expectations for Ohio State's team this coming season aren't super high. Um, they're kind of picked in the middle, even below the middle for uh, for the Big Ten. What do you think their ceiling is for the 2022 season. No, I'm not asking postseason because that's one and done. Like that's that's what it is. But regular season, whether that's in terms of their number of wins or where they finish in the Big Ten, what do you think the ceiling is if everything goes as well as it can logically happen? Obviously, you know, sky's the limit. They can go undefeated. But like in a realistic look, if things all fall into place, where do they finish in the Big Ten? How many wins do you think they have? Yeah, I think if everything goes well, you know, no injuries, Justice Suing is the all Big Ten player he needs to be. All the freshmen, you know, outside of Bowen Hardman, who will probably redshirt, all the freshmen produce. The, you know, the transfers come in and they click right away. I think can win the Big Ten. Um, just really? because it is a, yeah, it's, it's a down year for the Big Ten. I mean, I would say Indiana is kind of in a similar spot as Ohio State. They have two five stars coming in, but they're kind of relying on them. Uh, they, the Indi- Indiana is probably the favorite along with Michigan and Illinois, but there's a lot of question marks on every team. There's no team that's like running back. their starting five. You know, if there was a team like that, then they would be the favorite, but nobody's doing that. Illinois rec- over, uh, hit the transfer portal hard, but they're re- relying on those guys. Michigan got Hunter Dickinson back, which, which is huge, but they lost three starters. Uh, but they're bringing a great recruiting class, including uh, ha- Jawan Howard's kid. Who's very, very good. Uh, Jace. So, you know, there's a there's a lot of different factors. I would say, I, realistically, I probably have them in the second tier of the Big Ten right now with, like, a Purdue, those kind of teams. And I'd say the first tier is probably Indiana, Illinois, Michigan. Maybe Michigan State. They're kind of in, like, the tier one and a half. Um, and it just it just depends on their – we talked about their, their schedule is brutal. It, yeah. it really is. It's just – it's a lot of it's a lot of road games. It's They don't play all, – all the bad teams only play once. They got to travel to Michigan and to Indiana – they play Purdue, Michigan State, Illinois, Iowa, all those teams twice. 
So that's pretty bad. Because well, their non-conference about that schedule is, with, is brutal too. Yeah, the non-conference schedule is tough. But like, what's great about college basketball is it's all of that stuff can be worked against you in the regular season, but it actually could help you in the postseason. Like, oh, you know, like obviously the more games you lose, the the tougher your road is, especially in the first round of an NCAA tournament. But like, I think this is clearly going to be a tournament team. Like, I don't think they're in danger of not making the tournament unless, I mean, if things go well, like we were talking about, like, I don't think they're, they're looking at an NIT berth, but like, you know, having a really tough, and you know, non-conference schedule and playing the best teams in the Big Ten on the road, like that could prepare a pretty young team with a lot of transfers for a, a postseason where they could surprise some folks because they didn't come in with a whole lot of expectations like they have in recent years. So uh, I know you, you, you know that I, I, I stand Chris Holtman. I, I understand the issues with this postseason production, but like I think he's a great coach. I think he's a great dude. Um, and I love college basketball season, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. We're only uh, a, a couple months away now, and uh, I've told you and Connor this for a long time, but I, 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 with all due respect to Adam Jardy, who I think is the absolute best at covering college basketball in the country, um, when it comes to podcasts, you guys do the absolute best college basketball podcast, uh, at least in the, in the Buckeye universe, because there's not that many of them, but you guys really break down the Big Ten in general super well, so I'm, I'm excited for you guys to get back to weekly episodes you guys are currently every other week at this point during the off season when we get closer to the season you'll start dropping episodes every thursday morning but uh anything else that ohio state fans now that we're getting into the big 10 season of college football anything they need to keep in the back of their minds for basketball season coming up in november just that it's coming it's even kind of sneaking up on me a little bit so it'll be here before we know it and like I said, their season does not start slow. They play San Diego State, who's a top 15 team in the country, the fourth game of the season, in the Maui Invite. And they'll probably see Creighton at some point, which is a top five team at the Maui Invite. So it starts right away. So it'll be fun. Can't wait. All right, everybody. That is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Land's The Dotted Line podcast. Also, thank you, as always, to Justin Golba. Uh, Justin, where can people find you on social media if they want to follow along? Yeah, I'm at Justin underscore Golba. Uh, you can also follow Bucketheads at Bucketheads LGHL. We're going to try to do some stuff this season with like spaces and stuff. So definitely give us a follow and uh, follow along for the college basketball season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you're finding this episode on LandGrantHolyLand.com, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Currently during the college football season, we are cranking out nearly two episodes every single day, Monday through Sunday with all the different unique perspectives and voices, news and analysis and conversations that you can only hear from Land Grant Holy Land. Also, don't forget to follow LGHL on Twitter at LandGrant33, and you can find me at BWW Matt. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you soon. And as always, go Bucks.